every time a preacher develops a sermon, there are always things that don't make the cut. Observations, connections that just wouldn't fit. There are always extra pieces of information. These are those extras. This is Sunday Morning Leftovers. Hey everybody, how's it going? And welcome to this week's edition of the Sunday Morning Leftovers. So, uh, this is going to really just be one uh, point that I want to drag out that has multiple uh, pieces to the point. Um, So yesterday we were in Matthew, we finished up Matthew chapter 10. Uh, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And I spent a lot of time on that one verse, verse 40 of chapter 10. And we talked a lot about um, being sent as, and we're ambassadors for him. And this is why when uh, when he says, whenever uh, people receive you, uh, the disciples who bear this message, they're receiving me, he says, right? Because we come in his stead. We come with his message, bearing his words, right? And so we talked a little bit about what it meant to be a herald um, and some of the implications of being a herald, specifically in like uh, Roman times and uh, the sort of the biblical New Testament times. And then, and even uh, as ambassadors in current day, uh, what they, they're always paying attention to the surroundings around them and making sure that uh, the people around them perceive them well, since they represent a a specific country, whatever. So um, I want to, I want to, one maybe statement or two that I made uh, yesterday when I talked about the the fact that heralds only were allowed to say what was scripted for them to say. So uh, if the emperor says, um, announce, this is what you're to announce, it's written, uh, uh, he has a son uh, now, and there's an heir, that sort of thing. If if that's the case, then um, then that's what you have to say. That's what you have to read. You can't deviate from that. It's not... Uh, it's not a thing you're allowed to do and, and could be death, uh, frankly, if you add to or subtract from the message given to you by the emperor. And it's been the same in the Old Testament when it comes to God and his prophets. It's the same thing he said in Deuteronomy. I read it uh, uh, yesterday during the sermon that there's a real um, uh, weightiness to the fact that we are to have no other message apart from what God's message is to the world, right? So I just want to talk about that real briefly because it's a major problem today. And I didn't jump into this in the sermon because, again, there's only so much time and I was already banking 40 minutes there. So um, the Galatians 1, uh, 6 through 9, uh, it says this. He's, he's talking to the Galatians. Most of the time when Paul writes an epistle, he says all of these wonderful greeting things. Uh, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from... So he does the greeting stuff. And then a lot of times he'll jump into other biblical truths, other of these beautiful things of the gospel. Um, and uh, Ephesians, he he breaks into sort of this this beautiful uh, trek through uh, our identity, what we have, our rewards, who, what Christ has made us. And so uh, he just, he usually does this, but in verse six, right after the greeting in Galatians, it's a different story. 
right? He begins like this. He said, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Those are big, big words from Paul. I mean, this is a major thing, and it was a major thing in the Galatian church. They were beginning to believe a different gospel. There were some false teachers that were a part of this, and, and they, would, uh, they were preaching a different gospel. They were adding to the gospel. They were changing the gospel message. And so Paul is making this point that even includes the, the angels who are also messengers, right? Even includes the angels in heaven. If an angel from heaven comes and preaches is some different gospel, let him be accursed. In other words, that's not an angel from God um, preaching the gospel because there is one gospel. That's it, right? Um, and today, there there's a whole host of uh, struggles with this. There are, are I, I think, one of the main struggles that we have as the church is that we're not even sure what in the world the gospel is. Um, if if we're asked to articulate the gospel, it might be um, really basically right, you know, like uh, Jesus, uh, I'm a sinner, Jesus came and died for me, and um, and I accept that, and, and he's my king. And that, I mean, and that's, yes, that's the very basic gospel, right? But then there are so many beliefs and things that just wonder, I mean, the, the Galatian church would have affirmed what I just said, Right. But there were things that were added um, in, in the New Testament churches. One of the major controversies was circumcision. Um, the, the Jews were um, saying, you need to be circumcised. That's all well and good. The Gentiles are in. I get it. But you need to be circumcised, right? And the, the big argument was, no, no, no. We can't add to the gospel, right? It's free gift. It's not by works so that no man may boast, right? It is not about you being circumcised or uncircumcised. The gospel circumcises the heart. It changes the heart. That's what matters, right? So there's, there's a, a problem even in the New Testament church, even in the beginning with false teaching and, and things that we want the gospel to say to work its way in, things that we, that we don't want the gospel to say to work its way in. And, and so you find it being changed. And uh, so on Tuesday mornings, uh, the dudes... Um, that come are we're going through um, we are going through First uh, Timothy and um, one of the major problems that, that so Timothy was in Ephesus at the Ephesian Church and one of the main problems that was going on was false teachers it was one of the main things and uh, so First Timothy chapter chapter one verse three. Paul, this is, again, right after the greeting, Paul says, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. So again, the emphasis is there is one doctrine. There's right doctrine and there's doctrine that's been added to or subtracted from. And we can't do that. He's telling Timothy, make sure that these people charge them that they're only preaching the right doctrine, that they're not changing it, right? Uh, not to teach any different doctrine. He goes on 
uh, with that. And then, and then in verse 18, he says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. These are the false teachers he, he was talking about. Um, so some have made shipwreck of their faith by, uh, by not doing those things. Um, among who, and Paul names names. This is something else we get bent out of shape with a lot today. Uh, but Paul names names here. Uh, he says, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Notice Paul's language there is incredibly strong with false teachers. He, it is not okay. He doesn't want to paint the picture that it's okay. In fact, he wants to paint the picture that it is deathly and eternally impactful and wrong, right? And so he says in some of the strongest language in the Christian church, I have handed him over, them over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, Side note, it's important that uh, he adds that last little phrase, that last little bit, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So uh, even in that strong statement from Paul, his wishes are not hand them over to Satan and let them burn forever, right? That's not the point. Hand them over to Satan so that they will be able to do and love all the things of the world, do all that they want to do, and find out hopefully by the grace of God, that that is not okay, and they will stop blaspheming, and their heart will be made new and changed, and they will be as they should be. So, uh, but point being, false teachers, this is a major, major thing, right? Um, And so, to be able, as a Christian, in 2021, or frankly, any other time in the past or future, um, you are only going to be able to, uh, one of the questions that you might ask, right, is how in the world do I spot false teachers, right? Because, and, and this is a valid question, because if you just try to get on YouTube, well, there's somebody that thinks everybody who's ever been teaching anything is a false teacher. So you can find all kinds of craziness, right? Um, and, and so how do you wade through that? How do you know if this person is actually a false teacher? How do you know if this person is teaching something that may not line up with your doctrine, but isn't necessarily false teacher in the sense that they've changed the gospel or that this is a, uh, you know, that big of a deal? Um, And I would put to you that the only way that the herald is going to know if something is being said um, that is contrary to the message is if the herald knows the message. That's it. I mean, that at the end of the day, I want I want um, people that sit in the chairs. I want you guys to to uh, speak to me and say, "Hey, dummy, that's not what it says. What about this verse? Or what about this thing?" I I welcome that because if I'm saying something in error, man, I, like I'm going to be judged for that, <laughs> and by the things that I say from up there. So. Um, that doesn't mean that um, we're going to agree on everything. It doesn't, but but you're only going to be able to do those kinds of things if you know the word. You're only going to be able to do those kinds of things if you read the word and get to know it 
Know what scripture says. Don't depend on me. Please don't depend on, don't depend on anyone else for that matter. Don't depend on YouTube necessarily, but read the word. Listen to the word if that's how you learn, right? Listen to the word and follow along uh, by reading it. Whatever is easiest for you, you have to know the one gospel to know if it's being changed by someone or added to by someone. The, the easiest thing to pick on is, uh, is, because it's kind of the most obvious, is the prosperity gospel um, in America today. And there are several people who are part of that whole mess, but the prosperity gospel adds stuff to the gospel, right? I'm not going to get into it all here. I'm going to run out of time if I do that. But, um, but that, that's something to think about. Like That's one of the major things that, are, that we're being hit with that is actually different than the gospel, that is um, uh, being uh, proclaimed as if it is the gospel. And so you, you could very um, easily use Paul's same exact uh, phrasing and toward the beginning of Galatians that we read toward a lot of churches nowadays and say, how, how is it? It is astonishing. I'm astonished that you've so quickly abandoned the, the gospel and that you're beginning to believe a different one. So heralds can only speak the truth if they know the truth. This is the idea. The world ha- has uh, 500,000 million billion trillion different ways. That is not a real number. Uh, but they, the world has all these different ways, all these different things and attacks and coming from all different directions, right? Um, the, the, and, and we're not going to have all the answers, right? There's no amount of schooling that you could take that you would learn to, to fend off every single person that has something against Scripture and Christian and Orthodox, true, biblical Christianity. Um, but if you know this, for those of you who are listening, that's a Bible. If you know this, then you will way more likely be able to defend the gospel, because you know when something sure doesn't sound like the gospel, okay? So um, another thing that we run into is, um, so methods, um, methods change. I'm at, I'm at about 14 minutes now, and I know this, so I'm going to keep uh, uh, going, and I'm going to try to do it quickly. Um, methods change. We don't really like change, okay? We're church people, so change is bad, Um it changes hard. I mean, if, if you've been, so my generation, our gener, you know, like we've grown up with nothing but changes all of our lives, right? The, the very first cell phone that I ever owned and the cell phone that I'm holding now, two very different situations, right? Like the, the whole world has done nothing but change a lot, all the time since we've been uh, here, since I've been here. So, um, but uh, for church folks, right, there are a lot of things about church, about how we do Sunday, about all kinds of different things that um, are simply tradition, but man, it feels pretty sacred, 
right? Because we've just been doing everything a certain way for so long that it becomes really, really difficult. Even if, even if in our heads we know, like, this is a good thing, man, it still doesn't feel like a good thing or a right thing sometimes. Um, but I just want to make the point that, that um, methods um, can change and should change. But definitely not, oh, my wife is calling me. Methods can and should change, uh, but the message is what cannot, okay? I'm going to say that again. Methods, how we present the message, how we go about getting attention, those things can and should change as culture and technology advances. And all of the, as, as all of these things happen, we have to go about maybe different ways to proclaim that message. But that message must not ever change, period. But it's the message, not the methods, okay? So that I, I run into churches on... Um, it's it's actually funny online. I'm just going to name drop mostly because like I agree with a lot of the stuff that uh, this guy says. But one of the one of the struggles that I see with uh, John MacArthur, right? And some don't hate me, okay? Don't hate me. Um, but doctrinally, there are a lot of stuff that I agree agree with uh, from him. Um, but one of the things that you'll hear that kind of crowd talk about sometimes is uh, you need to have um, Sunday morning. Sunday night, the pews are still there. If you've ever looked at like a YouTube video of MacArthur's church, the pews are still there. The same red carpet from like the 19, you know, the 18th century is still there. That they have this amazing and beautiful choir and orchestra and all. But he would say that that's the the way to do it. Period. Like that's it. And I'm not going to knock that because obviously he's doing something right. He's in Southern California and he's got church with a thou- thousands of people. However, um, as adamant as that crowd tends to be that uh, church should be one way, period, they're also all over YouTube, right, and social media. So they are updating and changing with culture to get the word out a different way. So I just wanted to make that point to say that it, even the most against this thing um, people that, you will, that you'll run into even they end up changing a little bit to accommodate um, culture, but they will not change the message. If, if, if they do that, that is when you become a false teacher. If the message is compromised, then that's false teaching. Um, so um, that's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to keep these short. So heralds, uh, ambassadors, we are to only speak the message of the gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. If it's in here, it's it's good. If it's not, if if we're adding things to the to scripture, if we're adding things to the gospel, um, then we're false teachers. Then we're prophets who are not prophesying what God told us to say. If we are changing what's in here, which is also a major problem today, if we're changing what's in here and changing what it's supposed to mean to accommodate culture, then that's false teaching. That is not okay, and we will be judged on uh, based on, excuse me, based on that. If, uh, if we're adding to, subtracting from, or changing in any way, the scriptures to accommodate culture. 
um, then that's a false gospel. And Paul says in pretty uh, blatant language that we should be accursed um, for that. So um, while we have to make sure that we're believing and watching out for and not allowing other things to get in and infiltrate us and, and change in our minds and hearts what we believe is the one true gospel, which we can only do, by studying this and knowing the one true gospel, um, we also have to take that into account as we go out and we proclaim the good news of Jesus, that it's not the good news of Jesus and works, right? Or that it's not the good news of Jesus and if you have, if you have all the faith in the world, then you'll be rich, right? That's stupid and wrong, okay? So there, there are all kinds of these things to watch out for and you're only going to know what they are if you read Scripture, Okay, so until next week, look at culture through these lenses, through the lenses of the Bible, and interpret culture and how you're supposed to live based on that, instead of interpreting your Bible through the lenses of culture and allowing that to dictate. Until next time, peace out and stuff. Mm -hmm.